A reading from the book of Numbers. The children of Israel lamented, would that we had meat for food. We remember the fish we used to eat without cost in Egypt, and the cucumbers, the melons, the leeks, the onions, and the garlic. But now we are famished. We see nothing before us but this manna. Manna was like coriander seed and had the color of resin. When they had gone about and gathered it up, the people would grind it between millstones or pound it in a mortar, then cook it in a pot and make it into loaves, which tasted like cakes made with oil. At night, when the dew fell upon the camp, the manna also fell. When Moses heard the people, family after family, crying at the entrance of their tents, so that the Lord became very angry, he was grieved. Why do you treat your servants so badly? Moses asked the Lord. Why are you so displeased with me that you burden me with all this people? Was it I who conceived all this people? Or was it I who gave them birth that you tell me to carry them at my bosom like a foster father carrying an infant? To the land you have promised under oath to their fathers? Where can I get meat to give to all this people? For they are crying to me, Give us meat for our food. I cannot carry all this people by myself, for they are too heavy for me. If this is the way you will deal with me, then please do me the favor of killing me at once, so that I need no longer face this distress. The word of the Lord. Sing with joy to God our help. My people heard not my voice, and Israel obeyed me not. So I gave them up to the hardness of their hearts. They walked according to their own counsels. If only my people would hear me, and Israel walk in my ways, quickly would I humble their enemies. Against their foes I would turn my hand. Those who hated the Lord would seek to flatter me, but their fate would endure forever. While Israel, I would feed with the best of wheat, and with honey from the rock, I would fill them.
Dominus Fobiscum. Lexio Sancti Evangelii Secundum Mateum. When Jesus heard of the death of John the Baptist, he withdrew in a boat to a deserted place by himself. The crowds heard of this and followed him on foot from their towns. When he disembarked and saw the vast crowd, his heart was moved with pity for them, and he cured their sick. When it was evening, the disciples approached him and said, this is a deserted place and it is already late. Dismiss the crowd so that they can go to the villages and buy food for themselves. He said to them, there is no need for them to go away. Give them some food yourselves. But they said to him, five loaves and two fish are all we have here. Then he said, bring them here to me. And he ordered the crowds to sit down on the grass. Taking the five loaves and the two fish and looking up to heaven, he said the blessing, broke the loaves and gave them to the disciples who in turn gave them to the crowds. They all ate and were satisfied and they picked up the fragments left over, 12 wicker baskets full. Those who ate were about 5,000 men, not counting women and children. Verbum Domini. Today we hear about the miraculous account of the multiplication of the loaves and fish. And this event recalls an earlier miracle in the Old Testament from the second book of Kings, chapter four, when the power of God through the prophet Elisha multiplied 20 loaves of barley bread to feed 100 men, and there were some left over. The crowds of people in the gospel today would have been very familiar with the stories of the prophets who had gone before them and now they're witnessing something greater. The prophet Elisha, again, fed 100 men with 20 loaves of bread with some left over. Now our Lord miraculously multiplies five loaves and some fish with, with much left over, and he's feeding 5,000 men, not counting women and children. There's also a connection today with our first reading from the book of Numbers. After the people have been grumbling and complaining to Moses about just their, their uh, lack of choice of food that God had been providing manna for them, but they were complaining they wanted meat, and they expressed their desire for meat. This greatly distressed Moses. This is something for us to think about that when we give in to complaining, this can have an effect on other people. So much was Moses overburdened that he begged God, if you're not going to help me with this, then please give me death. He was greatly distressed at the complaints of the people. But Moses was very well aware of his own inadequacy to provide for all these people. And he expressed that to the Lord. Where can I get meat to give all this people? I cannot carry all this people by myself, for they are too heavy for me. So another thing that we get from this is good to be honest with the Lord when we're struggling. We know that God would provide both for the people, and he also helped Moses, because right after this, 
is when Moses gets the additional men to help him, the 70 others. Similarly, in today's gospel, the apostles were clearly aware of their inadequate means. And the Lord initially told them to feed the crowd. They said, five loaves and two fish are all we have. His response was, bring them to me. We bring to the Lord what we have, and he desires that we do the little that we are able to do by cooperating with him, and he takes care of multiplying them. He takes care of bearing the fruit. And so this miracle that we hear about today in the gospel anticipates our Lord giving himself to us in the Holy Eucharist at Mass under the forms or appearance of bread and wine. And St. Matthew gives us the detail that the people ate and were satisfied. The Holy Eucharist, which is our God, substantially present in our midst, is most certainly satisfying for the nourishment of our souls. God gives us more than we can imagine, more than we desire when we receive him in the Holy Eucharist. Referring to the Blessed Sacrament, St. Augustine would say, although God is all-powerful, he's unable to give more. Though supremely wise, he knows not how to give more. And though vastly rich, he has not to give more. He couldn't give us more than himself in the Holy Eucharist. He's, he's infinite. If we think about it, how could he give us something greater than himself? So he's given us the greatest gift of himself in the Blessed Sacrament to nourish our souls. And it's also significant that this miracle that we just read about, it's something again that we're very familiar with with, and part of that reason is it is recounted in all four of the Gospels, so we hear it more often. It's very significant, again, particularly with its connection to the Holy Eucharist. And St. Matthew brings out this significance with his reference to the same series of verbs, of four verbs that he uses, he refers to here and in the institution of the Holy Eucharist. And these are took, blessed, broke and gave. They're very important, very significant. So in today's account, we hear these referred to when St. Matthew says, taking the five loaves and the two fish, he looked up to heaven and blessed and broke and gave the loaves to the disciples and the disciples gave them to the crowds. Now if we fast forward to his account of the Last Supper, Matthew recounts, now as they were eating, Jesus took bread and blessed and broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, take, eat, this is my body. In addition, there's an interesting addition of a detail in today's gospel that St. Matthew references our Lord looking up to heaven before he carries out this miracle. In the Roman canon at mass, there's that same reference before the consecration. And the day before he was to suffer, he took bread in his holy and venerable hands and with eyes raised to heaven, to you, O God, his almighty Father. In fact, the priest is instructed to look up at that, sign, at that same time. We also notice in the account of the multiplication of the loaves that our Lord gave the loaves to the disciples, and they gave them to the crowds. So our Lord fed the crowds, but it was through the hands of the apostles. He could have done it himself, but he desires to have the apostles cooperate with him. So we see the priesthood and the mass in this as well as we look more closely, again, at the, and very briefly, at these four action verbs that I just mentioned. So if we look at the verb took, this refers to the mass during the offertory when the priest, when the servers will bring over the gifts, the priest takes the paten with the bread on it 
and he offers it to the Heavenly Father during the offertory prayer. Next is blessed. The bread and wine will then be blessed and consecrated during the Eucharistic prayer. And the priest says the words of consecration over the bread and wine, they do become substantially the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Christ. It's a change of their very substance of the bread and wine. Next is broke, and this refers to the fraction rite. When we begin, when the choir begins singing the Agnus Dei, the priest breaks the consecrated host, and he puts a small piece into the chalice while saying a special prayer. And fourth is gave, and this is seen as the faithful come up to receive the very body and blood of Christ. So we see the action of the mass, and again the foreshadowing, and the multiplications of the loaves and the fish. And so as we prepare to receive the Lord in this greatest gift of the Eucharist, it's always helpful, and I'm always reminded, and it's always good to be reminded, of those effects and fruits of receiving the Lord worthily and devoutly in Holy Communion. And so we're reminded that when we do receive the Lord devoutly and regularly and frequently with devotion, it increases our union with Christ. Remember our Lord said, he who eats my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me and I in him. He desires to come into our very souls. Holy Communion also separates us from sin. It strengthens our charity, which is what we're going to be judged on, and it wipes away our venial sins. In addition, Holy Communion helps and strengthens us to resist mortal sin, the temptation to mortal sin in the future. And furthermore, the Holy Eucharist is a pledge of heavenly glory. So we know that the Lord comes to us now under the appearance of bread and wine so that his appearance is veiled. Right In yesterday's account in the transfiguration, there was an unveiling for a moment of the Lord's divine glory, but it's mostly veiled, especially in the Holy Eucharist. But we know in heaven that veil will be lifted, right, where we hope to see the Lord face to face. So it will be in that beatific vision in heaven that our Lord will satisfy every desire of our heart.